Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. And you know I have to shout out the YouTube channel. Follow us on YouTube at Seahawks Man to Man. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. This is an emergency late night podcast. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. The Seahawks reportedly traded Russell Wilson, agreed to trade Russell Wilson uh, today. It's Tuesday night. Real late. Me and Chris are staying up late for y'all. You see Chris got his chest all out. Uh, the YouTube listeners can, uh, or YouTube viewers can see all that. I don't put it away now, man. Leave it out there. You're I didn't even up the shirt. Now, it's too late now. They didn't already seen the, the, the fresh tats, man. Yeah, the, the Seahawks agreed to terms with the Denver Broncos uh, to trade Russell Wilson, the best quarterback in franchise history. Um, they got uh, in return two first round picks. Uh, what I've been told are picks in uh, they got pick number nine this year from Denver and they get next year's first round pick from Denver. The Seahawks are also going to receive uh, a second round pick from the Broncos. The Broncos have two second round picks in 2022. Um, I am told that uh, it is the Broncos original pick, which is pick 40. It is not the pick that they got from the Rams that will be pick 64 because of the Von Miller trade. So they got two ones, two twos, uh, and a fifth, I believe. Uh, I'm told the fifth is this year as well. And the Seahawks are giving them Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick, which I believe is from the 2022 draft as well. Remember, the Seahawks had two fourth rounders as a result of the Jamal Adams trade. Woo! That was a lot. I just said it all in one breath and still can't believe it. And as a secondary transaction, it was reported uh, by, I believe, Adam Schefter first, um, and I'm pretty confident in it. I, I had heard rumblings of it at the Combine and Tuesday morning as well. The Seahawks are planning to release Bobby Wagner. Uh, I imagine by the time you guys listen to this podcast Wednesday morning, Bobby will already have been released. Uh, and that move, because Bobby was already under contract, can just be official uh, on Wednesday morning, whereas the Russell trade cannot be addressed by the team until um, everyone passes their physical. Schefter reported that Russ has already passed his in Denver. Um, and so you need the players that Seattle's getting back. I forgot about that. The, the players Seattle are getting back from Denver, Noah Fant, tight end, Drew Locke, quarterback, and uh, defensive and defensive tackle, Shelby Harris. Once all three of those guys pass their physicals in Seattle, then Seattle can like tweet, hey, we've agreed to terms. That's my understanding of the rules. But they cannot comment on specific players, like hold a press conference until the new league year. On March 16th. That's my understanding. So, quick recap. The Seahawks traded Russ, got back a bunch of picks and some guys, one of whom is Drew Locke. And they are also reportedly going to cut Bobby Wagner and save $16 million 
while also releasing their defensive captain, signaling a full-on freaking rebuild. Chris, what the hell happened today? I just don't – I don't know if I can really process what feels like probably one of the more monumental days in, in, in franchise history. And what's crazy, we had a special guest lined up for you guys. You guys are going to love it. Should we then, tell them the guest or we want to hold off on the – I mean, shoot. No, you know, we tell this is cool. We want to tell them. Yeah, we had someone lined up for you guys that was going to drop Wednesday. And then he's really week, upset about not coming on. Too, I hit him. I said, "Can we reschedule?" He was like, "He was like, that's your loss, guys." I was gonna. He said, "He said I was gonna spill my heart out." He said, "I'm about to go on McAfee's show now." <laughs> Can't even blame him. Hopefully, we can get him back. But uh, I got my fingers crossed that we could get him back for. Uh, we had. Okay. I was excited to have this this player on, but Russ decided to see Aaron Rodgers making 200 M's for the next two years. Or four years, excuse me, and was like, nah, I'm gonna top that. Get me out of here. And the Seahawks were like, we can make that work. Why not? Oh, and by the way, we're not done yet. Bobby, don't need your services anymore. You're getting old. Sure, you're a Pro Bowler last season, but I think we can make some rookie or we can bring in Pro Bowl starter last year, too. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, the Seahawks feel they have the antidote to. To make this team better, to have the the utmost confidence that moving forward, this team is going to compete for a, I don't know, they, they would say a championship. Right now, as it stands, it's early. I don't know. I'll wait to see who they have under quarterback or under center at quarterback. That's going to be, for me, okay, this is the first step to see what's going on. Who's under center? There's a lot of names floating around. We'll get into that, obviously, but... It's really crazy that they were willing to trade Russ. Sure. Did they get enough back? I don't think so. It's Russell Wilson, man. (laughs) Russell Wilson is a top 10 quarterback right now in the league. Russell Wilson is arguably a top five quarterback in the league. And the Seahawks were willing to say, yeah, we're looking ahead in the future. Aaron Rodgers just got a lot of bread. We, the Seahawks, are not looking to go down that path, so why not cut ties now? I thought they should have ran it back one more year. Sure, it was going to be Pete Ball again, but you're bringing back this defense. You have Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams healthy. You keep DJ Reed. You try to go out and get a corner. You add some depth to the D-line. You address the offensive line. Maybe this team makes a little bit of noise. Sure, are they going to win it all next season with everybody coming back? I don't know. Probably not, but at least you gave it another shot. And then if they wanted to go ahead and trade Russell Wilson, I understand that. But from this standpoint and where I'm at right now, it doesn't make any sense. I don't see the vision that they had and said, yeah, this is the best opportunity we have to get this team back to where we want to be, which is contending for Super Bowls. Pete's about to be 71. I didn't think he wanted to rebuild, but based on what I've seen these last 10 hours, actually 12 because the news – Broke for me at around 1040 this morning. I don't see where that ideal of, yeah, I don't want to rebuild. I'm looking, I'm jacked about this season. I mean, he talked about it at the press conference at the Combine. It sounded like there was no intentions of trading Russell Wilson. A few days later, he got us. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a lot here. We've got to break it down into uh, sections that makes it a little easier, I think, for people to follow what's going on. 
I feel like when everyone gets the alert on their phone or whatever and hears about it, it gets the text. The first question is, why would the Seahawks do that? Right. Like, why would the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson, which is a very valid question, because if, if you just catch a few headlines here and there, it's you're like, Mike, Chris, didn't they say they weren't going to trade Russell Wilson? The answer is no. And I tried to hint about that at the combine as well. Because what they said was very specific wording, and someone tweeted me that was like, no, this is semantics. And I actually heard that from a few people, and it's not, right? So what Pete Carroll said at the Combine, I was there, um, he said, we have no intention of making a move there. Intent can change. That's not the same as uh, we're not doing something. We just don't intend to at the moment, right? That's very important wording. He even yep. said that off the podium as well. That, that part wasn't aired. I have that just audio on my phone. Even John Snyder later was like, um, he he said we're not. Uh, oh, I asked, I asked Pete like, hey, when teams call and ask about Russ, what does John say? He was like, well, he tells them we're not shopping the quarterback. We're not shopping him. That is different than saying you are not trading someone. And even Russ saying he wants to be in Seattle, he says he hopes to be in Seattle. That's what he expects, right? That's the wish, the plan, or whatever. All these words that are not very definitive. All of this wasn't was intentional this, this came with purpose these words are not semantics these are people john pete and russ who know exactly what their words mean and in the case of pete and russ they speak in front of microphones all the time right and i, I tried to make that pretty clear whenever i wrote about it and you know i never really said the seahawks aren't trading russell wilson right i said it was very unlikely i thought i did think i i guess i understood how likely it was i probably gave some percentages somewhere in other shows that didn't necessarily reflect how likely it was but i found out today that it was uh this was a bit more foreseeable than I imagined. Um, like, for example, I reached out to a player, said, whoa, are you surprised by this? And he was like, no, they've been talking about it for a month. So mm -hmm. um, so there's that part of it. Perhaps I undersold that part. But I think I think people really just kind of heard what they wanted to hear. And there were some people in the media, um, just national media even, who were kind of feeding it. I think like Mike Florio was one of them. It was like, hey, no, guys, when Pete says we're not shopping the guy, that just means make a better offer. That's what other teams hear. And he was right. And that's what I heard at the Combine as well. So I can see why um, that was Florio's takeaway there. So if you're wondering, Mike, Chris, didn't they say they were not going to trade Russell Wilson? Hell no, they didn't. They specifically never said that. You know what? Because it wasn't true. There was always a way for a team to get Russell Wilson away from the Seahawks. Uh, there was always going to be a number or a pick, a number of picks or a certain player. Like if John never had it off the table, Pete never had it off the table. Were they actively calling teams like, hey, 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 I'm not sure. But I definitely know if you called, if you were a team, like, hey, yo, John, this is Howie Roseman from the Eagles. I got blank, 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 blank. John was going to listen to you and maybe even run it by Mark and Russ since Mark had a, uh, a no trade clause. And so that's the first part. Don't go into this, listener, thinking that the Seahawks went back on something they had said. They purposely worded their, their uh, responses to these questions um, to be able to, when we talk to them on March 16th, say, hey, 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 we said we're always competing. We're always listening because that was the truth uh, at the time. Now, the second part of wondering, like, well, Mike, Chris, that's fine and dandy. Why the hell would you give away Russell Wilson? That is the one that's a little trickier. And I will do my best to explain here after multiple phone conversations and text messages with people over over the last year and a half, not just, you know, this morning. I had a lot of those, too. But I, I think that. First, I have to say that this is more like a divorce, which is what it says on the screen for everyone watching on YouTube. You can see that, right? Or everyone not watching it on YouTube. It says Russ Seahawks divorce because that's what this is. It's an it's like a mutual split here. 
Um, you know how they, Chris, you know, when someone gets fired, they be like such and such parted ways. Yep. Usually that person just gets fired. And this time it really is legitimately a parting of ways and that like this side got tired of certain things. This side got tired of certain things and they decided to go on the Seahawks side of things. I think there's, we have to recognize this first. And if anyone tells you this is not true, they're stupid. Or they're saying something stupid. Sorry, I don't want to just make that blanket statement about somebody's intelligence. But remember this. The Seahawks traded Russell Wilson because they wanted to. Full stop. If anyone tries to spin it another way, they are wrong. They wanted to do this. Their hand was not forced in the ways that you see, like, me and Chris are big NBA fans. And you see, like, a James Harden or a, or a Ben Simmons or even, like, uh, Shaq. You know, or Dwight, like LeBron, I guess he's not been traded, but like when players kind of force their way out and it gets kind of ugly and contentious in the NFL, we kind of saw with Jalen Ramsey, Stephon Diggs, guys have forced their way out. Russ wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing that. If, 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 uh, if OTA started on April, whatever, Russ was going to be there. If training camp started on July 28th or whatever, Russ was going to be there. I'm very confident in, in saying that, like, the Seahawks traded him because they wanted to, first and foremost. Now, why? All right, that's tough. Hmm. The word that was explained that was used to me, hold on, Chris, I'm going to Google this. It was hubris. Do I know what that means? Excessive pride or self-confidence. Yes, cool. All right, we're going to use that word. That was the word that was explained to me in, like, that's what the Seahawks have in this. They're saying, all right, we drafted Russ. He became a star. We won a championship. We won a, 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 a shit ton of games. We can do that again. We can scout guys. We can we can draft them. And we can develop them into the players that we want them to be. Remember, this is the same front office, mostly led by John Schneider, that went to Laramie, Wyoming in 2018 to watch Josh Allen throw. And then had conversations with the Browns. Like, yo, y'all got pick one. We got rushed. Let's talk. Now, those those talks didn't go anywhere, but they went far enough that Russell Wilson's people heard the talks, right, and reached out like, yo, is there something we should know? Why y'all in Wyoming? That ain't just around the way. Y'all there scouting a lineman? No? You're there scouting a quarterback? Well, my guy just led the – if I'm playing Russ's agent here. Uh, my guy just led the league in touchdown passes. So why, why, why are you in Wyoming, right? So remember, this is the front office that did that. So it's never – trading Russ has not entirely been off – the table there and the idea that they can draft another Russ quote unquote has never really been uh, fully not on their mind. You know, it's always been an option, even if it's not been option number one, it's been there. You know what I mean? I think that's really important to understand from what I've gathered on the team side of this We call that hubris, arrogance, whatever. But I don't think that the Seahawks are alone in that. I think to be in the NFL, you have to think that you can just replace a player. Oh, I drafted this really good corner. He's hurt. I'll draft another one. You drafted this really good linebacker. He's hurt. I can draft another one. You have to. I think you kind of have to think that because if you don't, then you get to you get to paying guys because of nostalgia or what they did in the past, and you get stuck in these bad contracts. Um, and you can't can't do that, right? You can't give out legacy deals. You have to always be thinking forward in this business, even if that leads to a little little arrogance with franchise icons, right? Not saying it's okay, just kind of saying what my understanding of it is. Chris also referenced Aaron Rodgers' deal. Right. Has that has that got confirmed yet? I know Pat McAfee said it wasn't true. And didn't Aaron Rodgers say that deal is yeah, true? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers came out and said the numbers aren't accurate, blah, blah, blah. So we'll we'll wait to see what act, what the contract actually is. But that's me speculating off of 
reports from, I believe it was Schefter. All the big dogs basically. Has 200 mil. Okay, but yeah. Reportedly 200 so, million, four years. So, okay. So the reason that's relevant is because I was actually talking to someone about Russell Wilson on Monday. I think Sunday or Monday when I got back from the combine. I got back Friday. Um, and I was saying, you know, it's crazy, like all this trade stuff. Um, and that person brought up like, yeah, you know, what people aren't thinking about is that uh, if the Seahawks, if someone trades for Russell Wilson, they better be willing to pay him $50 million a year. And I said, $50 million. I almost sounded like Chris Tucker in the first rush hour. I'm like, $50 million. What? And, he, and then that person was like, yeah, like that's where the market's going to go. And that person was like, watch, Aaron Rodgers is going to get a four year, $200 million deal. This was, remember, this is like during the weekend. They said, this person said this. Um, and I was like, oh, shoot, for, for real? Like, yeah. And so I think that while the two things aren't exactly related in terms of the timing, like I think Rappaport had the the, the terms on that Rogers thing. And then the rust thing came out like 30 minutes later. Uh, I don't think it was like that bang, bang, like that quick. But I do think they are related. I do think that the Seahawks knew eventually we're going to have to give this guy 50 million plus. Right. Because look at all the quarterbacks that are going to be up for new deals in between what Rogers is reportedly getting and when Russell will be up next year. Right. Let's that's Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I'm missing one in there. We're missing one. Who else is due for a deal? Herbert. No, he's too young. It's he's in the 2020 class. Kyler, Lamar, Rogers. Okay, even if that's it, that's three guys like a top 50 million. Right. Like, so by the time Russ is up, now granted the salary cap will go up because all this TV money. Russ could be looking at like $55 million a year, which is crazy, right? But that's that's the cost of doing business by, by that point. Um, so I think that um, – I guess Baker could do that too, but I, I don't think Baker Hell would. no. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and I can't think of any other quarterbacks from the 2019 class that are any good. So I would say that uh, that factors into Seattle's equation too. Like I feel like a lot of people probably watch Russ the last like – I don't know, year and a half, and it's like, that's not somebody I'm giving $55 million a year to. And you know what? I disagree, but my point is to relay what the Seahawks can like confidently say here. It's like, yo, if it's trade him now versus 55 mil, let's see what we can get. And I think that all of this factors into why if you're the Seahawks, this is a move that you do. I'm not necessarily justifying some of those moves. I'm just saying because people are going to want to know, Mike, why this, Why would the Seahawks do this? And the Seahawks can't speak until March 16th. And not to say I'm their mouthpiece, but, like, that's my job, right? We're a Seahawks uh, reporter. So this is kind of what, what I've gathered from, like, dibble and dabbling into people who are kind of familiar uh, with, you know, their, their thinking. The dangerous part of that, obviously, is Chris and I know. It's ugly out here for quarterbacks. Like if, if for teams you looked, <laughs> dog, look at what's out there right now. There are teams out there going to talk themselves into giving up assets for the rights to start guys like Jimmy G and Carson Wentz, not signing them as free agents, giving up assets. That that's the type of market we're in right now. Mitch Trubisky's Marcus Mariota's. Those guys could be starters in 2022. And the Seahawks know that and punted on their guy. For basically that. <laughs> to see if they could pay someone else or the number nine pick. That is like as much as I can kind of I can relay kind of what I think the Seahawks are thinking here. When I sit back and read it all, I'm like, it's terrible. 
yeah, I'm not really sure where y'all going. And the players they got, we'll get into the trade conversation too. The trade, the players they got back, like, come on, man. Like anybody who's watched Drew Locke in Denver is not, what are we, what are we doing here, guys? Like that's Schneider looked Schneider looked me in the eyes and was like, Yeah, I want I want the fans every year to feel like we we can win it all every year. Well, not with this roster right now. <laughs> Excuse me? You want them to think what now? When you want to start who? That's what makes me think that uh and and this is where i guess we'll pivot before we get into why russ would waive his no trade clause for denver that because none of that makes sense on paper because none of that makes sense to you right chris like all those reasons well, none of them like really add up to why you would actually do this deal no i understand where you're coming from but even then i still want to see this team play it out as i mentioned beforehand russ is he's mentioned before on dan patrick that he wants a little more say We've talked about this on the podcast, off the podcast. Russ probably is not getting that same respect that he thinks he deserves as a top quarterback in the league. Where let's look, Aaron Rod- let's go back to Aaron Rodgers for a second. I would be willing to bet all my money in my account that Devontae Adams knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to get that deal, and vice versa. Aaron Rodgers realized they're going to bring back Devontae Adams under the franchise tag. With that being said, clearly those two have a relationship with the front office and they were okay with the moves that they were going to make, paying Aaron Rodgers and tagging Devonta Adams. Whereas with the Seahawks, maybe Russ doesn't have that voice in the room, because if I'm not mistaken, Dan asked him, would you like more say with decisions that go on with the Seahawks? Yeah. And Russ was like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, basically Russ saying, I don't have that opportunity, but I would love that. And the Seahawks, it seems the whole discussion of, philosophical differences has come to a full head of steam with their quarterback. <laughs> Russ wants to do things that he thinks can get this team back to winning Super Bowls. And Pete saying, well, my way can definitely get us there. And with that, they had to split. And Mike made a point way, way, way back. Either the Seahawks are going to roll with Russell Wilson or they're going to roll with Pete Carroll. And we now see that the Seahawks have rolled with Pete Carroll instead of sticking with their quarterback, as the Packers have done. They went out and got a new head coach, Matt LaFleur. While they didn't win a Super Bowl, they were in the hunt. And now they've signed Aaron Rodgers for four more years. And I'm going to guess they're probably going to be in a discussion. Granted, Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. They're going to be in discussion. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are rolling with the head coach. And right now on March 8th, you guys are viewing this on the 9th, of course. It doesn't seem like this Seahawks team is going to be better than they were last year. I tweeted earlier that right now, I I could see the Denver Broncos five, seven years from now still being better than what the Seahawks are five to seven years from now. There's no one that the Seahawks are getting that I think will be better than Russell. Sure, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that... They end up drafting some guy, and he is a stud. He turns out to be just, damn, man, this Seahawks know what they were doing. But all signs point to, yeah, we've seen this story before, and we know how it ends, and it's not going to be good. But hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully this is the year that things change, but why give the Seahawks front office and Pete Carroll that luxury of saying they can get it done this year when – They really haven't, and I don't know how long. I mean, I guess the most recent draft where they did well was DK 
and getting Jordan Brooks. Those two guys, right? Those, those are two guys. Those are two separate drafts, too. Yeah, 2019 and 2020. Back-to-back years, they did. Right. They got two guys. Okay, cool. Now you're banking and hoping that in the first round, they don't screw it up. That's a lot to ask for, especially when you look at the track record, which Mike has brought up. You brought up a lot. I mean, I think every podcast since the season has ended, you've gone back and said, let's look at let's look at this draft class and what they've done. It hasn't been pretty. And now you punt on your starter quarterback, who is arguably one of the best that the Seahawks have ever had at quarterback. He is. And then, he is. He's the best they've ever had. Oh, yeah. And then to top it, to put the just icing on it, you're just like, yeah, Bobby, you declined a lot, which I watched film. I honestly... What more can Bobby do? <laughs> He's teaching guys on the fly. I don't know what else Bobby Wagner could have done to sustain his current job with the Seahawks. Sure, they paid him a lot of money, but I don't see why he doesn't deserve it. It's not as if he went from a pro bowler. Yeah, he's not a pro bowler anymore. If I'm not mistaken, he was still a pro bowler. The guy is still one of the best linebackers in the game, and it's not a question. It's quite obvious. So you trade Russ and you cut Bobby. It feels like an entire rebuild, and I'm not so certain it's the right move. Am I trying to understand why the Seahawks did it? Yes, but I keep going back to it. It, it just doesn't add up for me personally. So I want to um, I want to get to Russ's side of this because that's really important. I really don't want this to – because here's, here's the thing I've kind of gathered, and we have a story that's probably out by now in The Athletic uh, by Wednesday morning, but – that, that, that dives into it. I really think the tricky part of this is I feel like both sides of this want the, want the other one to seem like it was their call. Like, like I think like the Seahawks, I get the sense, this is not necessarily anything anyone's told me, but I just get the sense the Seahawks wanted to feel like Russ wanted out, which is, which is true. He had to, he waived his no, no trade clause. Right. And I was under the impression that he would only waive it for Denver. I didn't hear any other teams who would waive it for all right, so that is true. But I also feel like from Russ's view, he'd like us to believe that they didn't want him anymore. And I feel like both sides just need to own it. You got tired of each other. That's okay. That's okay. Like, I mean, well, it's kind of not okay. But, like, in terms of just, like, two people disagreeing or two sides, that's, oh, that's okay. You can, you can have disagreements. You can just say, hey, this isn't working anymore. It's run its course. It's been a decade. Let's dip. But I feel like that's not what's happening here. You're going to see a lot of the framing of how this divorce came to be when I really think the real answer is, and don't let anybody tell you different, that both sides had their beefs with the other to the point that neither side should be confused as why this came to an end. right? And I don't think any one side was more responsible for the split than the other. I think it was damn near pretty even, right? The Seahawks had their reasons and Russ had his. So I want to go into what uh, Russ's would be. I'm, I'm not, I'm just not, not going to fly through them, but like, I feel like some of them we've. Are um, bigger than the others for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Some of them we've discussed. And I think one of the ones that, um, you know, I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but I feel pretty good about it. Uh, just from what I know about Russ and what his beefs with the organization were, you know, Russ really does love Seattle. Right. And we could talk about what his legacy here is and all that maybe a little bit later. But he does love this. He loves Seattle. He liked playing for the Seahawks. There are guys on the team that he likes. There are, you know, just aspects of living here. He likes the city. You know, he's part of the Sounders. You know, like he this is this is his bag. Right. But it was all conditional. 
right? He loves winning more than all of that stuff I just named, like flying planes or helicopters, whatever he flies, and bringing a baseball team to Portland and owning a part of the soccer team and building a, a high school here or a charter school, you know, like that's all fine. That's great. He loves all that. That's all very genuine humanitarian activity, right? Boom. But if he's not winning championships, he will bounce. He can write a check from anywhere. You can Venmo or you can fly back to open a boys and girls club here. If you really bout that or whatever, there's a children's hospital probably in every city, right? Like he, he'll, he'll be fine, right? I'm sure they have one in Denver. So I think that all of that is true. Well, at the same time, winning topped all of that. And I think he kept trying to tell us that. And we we're kind of dismissing it as like cliche, which it was. But like the dude, I say this all the time, he named his first biological son Win. Right. He is about that and all that sentimental stuff. You know, he'll tell you the story of him flying over Seattle when he got drafted and his first time seeing the mountains and all that. Right. Ignoring the fact that he played Major League Baseball here a year before that uh, in the state of Washington, whatever. But he'll tell you that story and be like, yeah, that's great, Russ. You love it here. Cool. But did you win? Mm. Right? That's the main thing he prioritized. Right. And he, at the end of the day, he just looked around and said, for whatever reason. I can't win here no more. I can't win at the rate that I want to. I want something different. You know what I mean? You ever just the, the way it's almost like it's almost like you eat you eat a, eat a, a certain food, you know, consistently. You know, you go to the same place for lunch because it's by your job or whatever. And then one day you're like, you know, I'm just gonna eat somewhere else. Not necessarily because it's better than the sandwich spot by my job or the coffee shop across the street. It's just different. I just got to eat something different today because yesterday I had a chicken sandwich and the day before that I had a chicken sandwich. So, you know, it's, I'm today I'm going to have tuna, even if I don't think tuna is better than chicken. It's just something different. Right. So I think that's where kind of Russ was with the franchise um, and his situation. You know, he turns, what, 33 in November, maybe 34. He got a late November birthday. Um, but I think he just wanted something different. Right. Like, even if it's not immediately better, I can't promise that. I don't even know the Denver coach's name off the top of my head. I know he came from the Packers. Um, Chris, can you check that for me with the, the Denver? Um, the Denver I believe coach? it's Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, Hackett. Hackett. Yes. I did. Actually, I did. Know I that. need to double check. Yeah. But that's yeah. Him? No, no okay. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how good of a coach he is. I'm going to give you guys a little secret here. Russ doesn't know how good of a coach that dude is either. Right. Like, Denver's roster is like marginally better, I think. Then Seattle's their O line is probably better, but you know Seattle has advantages at other positions, I think, and they were in position to get better at some other spots as well. So like the grass is not automatically greener, but Russ had just got to a point where he wanted to test it. Mm -hmm. right? Like let let's see, let's see if I go somewhere they can build an O line. Let's see if I can go somewhere where they'll give me a little bit more say in personnel. Let's see if mm -hmm. I can go somewhere that drafts a little bit better. Right? None of these things are guaranteed to be true. But I think that Russ got to a point where was like, I needed to try something different, just something. I say this, um, I know other people have made this point when you fire a coach. Like, sometimes you fire a coach not just because he's bad. You just need a new voice in the room. You know, and that, hap that happens a lot. I think that happens more in the NBA than the NFL. Um, but it just, it just happens, you know. So I think that's the point that Russ got to. Because if you look at that, like – Boy, if Russ thought the NFC West was hard, wait till he has six NFC or AFC West games where he's going against the Raiders in Carr. Carr ain't no scrub. He's going, obviously, Mahomes, Herbert. You know, I, I think the coaches in the AFC West are really good too. You know, I don't know about Josh McDaniels, but I mean, Andy Reid, Brandon Staley, boy, like he's not, he's not getting an easier run wow, to. Yeah. 
he's in the AFC with the with the Ravens, the Bengals, the Bills, you know, like the, the Patriots on the rise. Like he didn't go get it didn't become any easier. But I don't think it had to be. You know, I think that's the part of the part that I undersold me personally, not as much Chris. I undersold that. I thought Russ would look at it from a football view and think that and realize Seattle was probably the move. But he looked at it as like, look, I'll just try something else because I just need to I just need to do it. And on, and on that, I think he wants to be challenged too, right? I think he looks at Denver as an opportunity to bring this team that has struggled, bring this team back to winning. And he believes he can do that. Because what is Russ all about? As you mentioned, he's all about winning. Yep. And in Seattle, back-to-back seasons of not winning, it, it weighed on him, right? It weighed on Russ's conscience that he wants to win Super Bowls. Instead of being on the field playing, he's sitting up there – with the commissioner talking about whatever they're discussing. That's not what Russ yeah. is about. Russ is about being on that field and putting his team in the best position to win it all from week one to the season's over. He's going to give it his all. And that's really what he's about. Sure. He's, he does his off, you know, online stuff. People call it corny. Hell I've called it corny, but when it comes down to playing the game of football, Russ is that dude. Russ is talented. Russ is one of the best. And, I know a lot of people are probably excited that he's gone. They're tired of, they think he's a narcissist, whatever the case may be. When it comes to throwing that football and competing, the Seahawks are going to, Seahawks fans are going to really miss that because you can't replicate that. If you could, there would be a lot more Russes in the league than there are Drew Lo- Andrew Locks and, and all the, or Drew, whatever the guy's name is. You know what I'm talking about. There, there would be yeah, a lot Drew less Locks, of them. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, all that being said, Russ was fed up. Back-to-back years of not winning. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another year of philosophical differences, the offense not being what it could or should be. You saw glimpses, but ultimately it didn't come together the way Pete saw it, the way Russ saw it, and they agreed to split ways. Yeah, I think, and I, and I think the, the, there's, we talked about this, I think, last year with the, when we put out that story that ultimately led to Mark Rogers, Russell's agent, giving those teams to Schefter. That there was some very notable, it's not just like bland. There's some, not bland, I should say. There's some specific things that you can obviously point to that if you're a Seahawks fan, you you can see what has led Russ to not really trust the vision that the Seahawks have, right? And we talked about this. There's like, a, I would say there's like five or six inflection points in this storyline, right? One of them is after the 2017 season when they didn't make the playoffs. You know, that seemed like the right time to kind of transition from this run first offense to making Russ the centerpiece of what they were going to be 
you know, Cliff got hurt, Cam got hurt. They never played again. They cut Richard Sherman. They traded Michael Bennett. Marshawn Lynch had already retired. Um, Earl Thomas had did the come get me thing, although he was still under contract for the next season. Like it seemed very clear that in a year where Russ led the league in touchdown passes and accounted for all but three of the team's offensive touchdowns that year, that it was the time to kind of make that shift. And instead, it seemed like there was more of a shift to and not just from Russ's side. From I feel like everyone could see these things. It was more of a double down on Pete. You know, he fired um, Chris Richard, fired um, Tom Cable, fired Brian Sh- or excuse me, uh, Daryl Bell at the time. Right. I was like, all right, cool. Read new coaching staff. Let's just, you know, make some tweaks here and there. And the other the other inflection point is the, the Dallas playoff game. The birth of let Russ cook essentially were just one of the more, one of the more frustrating playoff losses, obviously, other than Super Bowl 49. Seahawks have had in the Russell Wilson era. You know, that game stunk. Now, I've went back and reviewed it, and I actually think that this, the, the team has a bit more of an argument than people lead on in terms of game script and all that. But it stunk, and it, and it pissed Russ off. It pissed other people in the offensive, uh, in the offensive room off. It just, it just didn't, it didn't sit well, right? And that's why it was so frustrating. That's why let Russ cook was such a, a breath of fresh air because it seemed like Pete was getting it, right? It did. You know? um, and then let Russ cook died, right? It died. Not only did it die, Pete killed it. <laughs> Man walked in there after I forget which game they lost. Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah, it was Rams. Buffalo. Maybe the Ram, maybe the Rams game the next week too. Either way, oh. he was like, "Look, we're gonna run this thing." Okay, guys, we, we we did the cook thing for a little bit. It was cute. We're losing now. We're gonna we're gonna run this thing now. And I know people will point to, "Well, Mike, look, the numbers didn't change. They still threw it at a high rate in the back half of that season." Yes, guys, they did. You are not wrong. That is not dismissed the fact that Pete came in there and killed the dream. Right? He did. He'll tell you he killed the dream. The coaching staff will tell you he killed the dream. The players will tell you he killed the dream. At least they let Russ cook the dream. He did. And their offense looked out of whack. Right? Pete was saying, do one thing. They weren't. The guy whose job it was to run the offense got fired. And they put in the press conference that basically he didn't do what I said and he didn't plan on doing what I said. Right. So I know that the numbers don't line up to Mike. They didn't just run it a bunch in the second half. Well, no. And that's why Shotty got fired. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a reason it was out of whack. Right. Another inflection point. Right. There was there was all these moments. I mean, even this past year. Right. Like uh, week one. We talked about this, I think, on the show before that the way the offense looked against the Colts. That first that first game was just magic. And Russ just kept coming back to it and kept saying, Week 16. So, uh, a rest starts this conversation. So, be like, you know, I, you know, I, I think about rest likes to say, I think about he would all say, I think about week one, you know, I think about that first game, I think about that Colts game. He always does, it. he looks up when he talks to it's week 16, Russ. Yeah, but like, bro, you're talking about this in week 15, right? You know why? Because he, he's trying to tell us guys, we're not doing what I was told the offense was going to look like, you know, and that gets frustrating, right? If, if you expect it to look one way. And then it just doesn't, and you lose games, and you you feel like you're wasting time on your legacy. Remember, Russ is also a big legacy guy. He mentions legacy a lot. You know, he wants to play for however many years, 15 more, win three more Super Bowls. He wants to throw the most touchdown passes ever. He wants to win maybe the most MVPs ever, or at least win one. You know, he has all these goals, and if he feels like he can't get the personnel control to help, he can't get the offensive uh, input to help, you know, then, then why keep doing this? Why keep running into this wall? You know, why keep checking the fridge even though you know it's empty, right? There ain't going to be food in there the 10th time you check it unless you go to the store. 
right? Like Russ got tired of doing that. He just decided to go to the store. I'm killing it with the analogies today. I, I think that if I put my Russ hat on, there are all these moments that just lead to this, you know, and that's, and that's before you get into, you know, the all offensive line acquisitions or lack thereof and free agency, the, the lack of quality offensive linemen drafted before we even get to that stuff. I just think there are all these moments that everyone who's been a Seahawks fan can point to and that you can point to and just imagine how Russ would have felt, right? Like imagine how frustrated every Seahawks fan was watching the Dallas playoff game. Now imagine being Russ there. Right. Like, you, you know, he's twice as pissed of it as any of y'all, you know, even if he's, you know, not hammered drunk like some people probably was uh, by the end of that game. Because that was a Saturday night game, too, I believe, in Texas. So I think if you're wondering if this, if the first part of you sees this, sees the, the trade and Mike, Chris, why, why would the team do that? All right, we covered that. All right, Mike, Chris, why the hell would Russ want out? Right. Now, that's probably not as much of a mystery, but I think there there are some legitimate things that we can we can really point to there, and I, and I just think that he eventually just gave up. This is Russ giving up on the Seahawks, not believing in their vision for drafting, free agency, trades. You know, I just think that this this was the not. I think I know that this this was the end, and it's not. You got to eliminate the football part there for a second there. Even if Denver he kills it there, I just really think it was more about him wanting. Wanting something different for his legacy. He didn't trust the Seahawks with his legacy anymore. I don't I don't think. And who could blame him? Shoot, I don't know if I would either. He's got like you said, Chris, they probably wasn't gonna win in 2022. No, they probably, they probably weren't, weren't, but weren't. at least they ex they they explored the option. Because the roster previously before trading Russ and cutting ties with Bobby, you were sitting there thinking, hey, with Russ, they got a shot, man. It's it's a possibility. You you fix up that offensive line. They didn't have a lot of draft capital, but John Snyder always finds a way. There's a possibility Seahawks can get something done. There's a lot of free agents out there that they can possibly swindle and get and go get. But the Seahawks are like, nah, we'd rather just rebuild for what it looks like now, what it appears to be a rebuild, and we'll go from there. Now, I can't wait to see what this roster looks like come August, who the quarterback is, because by then we'll have a lot of answers. A lot of answers, but for right now, I'm waiting just like everybody else, waiting and seeing. But I think the biggest thing is, well, what's the plan at quarterback? We got a lot of questions regarding the quarterback situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is who is going to be the man that's spinning the rock? Who's gonna be under center? There's a lot of names floating around. I honestly have no clue. Mike, what's your what's your insight? What's your take on who might be under center come week one of the twenty twenty two season? I mean, I'm not gonna be on. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like, I was in Indy for a week. I got there Monday, flew out Friday. I didn't spend not one second thinking about them <laughs> quarterbacks, man. I, you know well, what? We no, like, off the list. <laughs> I did spend a little time, like a hot second, when I was waiting for Pete to come to the podium on. And Wednesday that's five morning. minutes, hot second, guys. <laughs> yeah, I ran into uh, Jordan Reed of ESPN. Shout out to Jordan. We gotta get him on the pod. Um, draft draft analyst dude, does great work. We had him on the pod last year, but. That was before he got big time and went to ESPN. Uh, I was like, hey, man, what do you think of the quarterback class? Just kind of off, you know, and just kind of just chopping it up with the homie, not thinking anything of it. Um, but I think that you're looking at a few options. I don't think you trade for anyone other than, okay, how do, I want, how do we do this without making ourselves sound gross? I don't think you trade for anyone other than Deshaun Watson. Right, that's what you – that, that that would be the only move that makes sense via trade, just from a strictly just football standpoint, 
there's a big legal development in that. I think something with the grand jury happening on Friday. And I bring that up just because when I was talking to people like, what are the Seahawks doing? That's a name that came up like three times from independent people like, oh, Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun. They might be making a play for Deshaun, right? I don't think he'd end up here. I do think that if he, um, if his legal situation developed in a way that made it more likely that teams trade for him, I do think that other destinations would perhaps be more attractive to him, right? I do That's think true. that. But I do think the Seahawks would make a serious play at him. They'd be one of the teams trying to make a run. Um, so I, I do think that's the only trade option. That's the only thing you could flip, you know, somebody, uh, these, these picks or these assets into, I don't know what it would take to get him outside of three first round picks. After that, I don't know what the Texans would want back. And I think Deshaun has a no trade clause as well. So he'd also have to want to come here. To come to Seattle. Yeah. Which is a, a little bit of a tougher sell unless you can keep, um, you know, unless you, I mean, Chris Rashad, Noah Fant, DK, and Tyler is like a decent skill, you know, skill position group. So maybe you sell them on that. I'm not exactly sure. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes there. I think your other options there are, you know, the free agent route. Um, <laughs> woo, it I, is, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you can do a little better than this version of Cam Newton. I mean, you can go get Jameis. Yeah, he's probably number one on the list, I would say. Yeah, Jameis, Teddy, who else is out there? Mariota. Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod's still doing that thing, huh? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett. This might be the time to call Kaepernick for real, for real. Because this this group right here is just pretty bad. Like, this is – but that's that's an option, right? Like, um, that's that's what I think is, is, like, option two. So, option one is a trade. Who can you trade for? Deshaun. Option two, free agent move. Those are your options there. Here's where I think that where I think the Seattle's leaning is it is it is a rookie. I think it's a rookie. I, I just think that there's been too much indication that they've 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 liked some of these classes. Like I brought up that they were gonna that they looked at the quarterbacks in the 2018 class and were gonna take Josh Allen if they were, had the high enough pick. A year prior, it came out on draft day that they would have taken Patrick Mahomes if he'd have fell to them in the 2017 draft. I don't remember where the Seahawks were picking originally. I think it might have been 26 that year. If he'd have fell all the way to 26, which he obviously didn't, excuse me, it was reported that day, not later when Mahomes got hot, like that day, I think from Rappaport, that they would have taken him. How the hell would Rappaport have known? Why? Because the Seahawks would have had to done their research and felt good about it. Right? So I think this group, mostly led by John is always looking at quarterbacks. Remember John grew up in that Packers. I forget the guy they grew up on. I think it's Ron Wolf, whatever the scout um, that they learned from in green Bay that like, Oh, the executive they learned from in green Bay, like always be looking at the quarterback, you know, like even if you got one, you know, I think Schneider was on staff when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, despite already having Brett Favre, that's where he comes from. So he's already thinking about the the next guy. So I think that the, a rookie is where they are most, likely to go if the trade for someone like a Deshaun uh, doesn't 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 come through. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who they should go with cuz again, I couldn't tell you if you put a picture, you put four pictures in front of me, right? Like uh Mike, one of these guys is Malik Willis, one of them's Desmond Ritter, one of them's Kenny Kenny what's the other uh Pickett. Pickett. One of them's Kenny Pickett. One of them's uh Matt Corral. I got nothing. I know Matt's white. I saw him hurt his knee in a bowl game. 
Kenny's her brother. <laughs> I didn't know Kenny was black. Uh, Malik's Wait, black. Let me double check. Hold up. I, I, I'm not sure about the Pittsburgh kid. I know Malik's black because I saw at the combine that Kenny is not black. No, Kenny's not. Kenny white. Yes. Oh, see, I had no. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I know Malik's black because at the combine he said that uh, teams were surprised how well he knew the playbook or something like that or how high his IQ was. And I was like, oh, okay, Damn. so they thought he was stupid. Yeah, I was Sheesh. like, wow, quote. Um, yeah, he said it at the podium. Um, so I know he's black. Uh, the Cincinnati quarterback, he black. Desmond, Desmond, he black. Come on, look that. Desmond look Ritter? That. Yeah, he got Desmond it. Ritter's a brother. All right. At least see. it appears. A, a light-skinned brother, to be exact. Okay, okay that's fine. Um, yeah, he black. Yeah, look at the hair texture. We figured out. we don't want to get uh, Mike McDaniel around here. And not, not, oh, not my know, goodness. He got the Trey Young hair though, so he's he's probably got a little mix in him, you know. Oh yeah, he definitely got. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know that I have to. I have you can't. Can you blame me? I haven't really been studying the quarterbacks. Like well, uh, we no have one for, we no one. Yeah, yeah. No one saw this coming. I. It's gonna be a lot of looking up at quarterbacks, trying to figure out where the yards go. I'm hoping they don't do what you're thinking and draft a rookie. That's that's a recipe for just disaster. That spells. No, can I can I pitch you on the rookie thing real quick? No, you here's can't. But yes, yeah. No, here's my, here's my pitch, right? Because I know some people said that to me too. Like Mike, why don't we just wait? You know, like like the Lions are doing. Like let's just wait. If we don't like a guy, let's not take a quarterback at two. Roll with Goff out there, and then try this again in 2023. Here's why that's I would not do that. Right? You got to remember, you can get fired pretty fast in the NFL. If you want to keep your job, the number one way to keep your job, obviously aside from winning, is to have a quarterback. How can you uh, how can you get a quarterback? You draft one, right? And here's the here's the downside. Right? Let's use the Seahawks as an example. Let's say you love what's the Liberty kid, Malik Willis. Let's say you love Malik Willis at nine. See, I got the ninth pick. Cool. You take him and you make him your guy. You declare, you know, May first or whatever. Hey, Malik's our guy. We're gonna roll with Malik. I know we just got Drew Lock. Maybe they can duke it out, but like it ends up being like a Mac Jones kind of Cam Newton the rookie ends up winning type of thing, right? So you go 17 games with Malik uh, from Liberty. In those 17 games, you're either you're either going to learn that he's a star, that he's the next Justin Herbert, that he's meh, kind of eh, like Tua or Baker, or he's a scrub like Daniel Jones. Gathering that information matters because then it can inform what you do in 2023, right? Because if he's a, if he's a star, well, then you're straight. Chances are you probably won like eight games, nine games, something like that. And you're okay. You build on that. Kind of the place where the Eagles are with Hurts right now. You'd be in that place. If he's just like meh, kind of like where the 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 Browns are or with uh with Baker, like I would say the Dolphins are probably with Tua, or maybe even maybe Daniel Jones is maybe in that in that category, right? Right. Okay, then you know, uh taking a guy is not really off the table. If he's a bum, you know, like who's a bum? I'm who's not doing this. I will. I will. Who's 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 got recently drafted really high? Josh Rosen, right? If he's Josh Rosen, who was like the what the seventh pick or ninth pick? The Cardinals, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were like, he's not it. You know what they did the next year? They traded Kyler Murray. Yeah, they took and they drafted Kyler Murray. Right. I think that all of those scenarios are fine. Right. Obviously, the guy gets hurt. He gets a little trickier, like a Zach Wilson situation. But I just think that the information gathering of a quarterback on a rookie deal. Is so valuable. You don't want to be in that. Is our guy good? Is he the? You have to know every offseason. That's why the Bears messed up. 
It took fields and they were like, all right, let's just not start him until Anthony Dal Andy Dalton rolls his leg. That's stupid. No, you take Justin, you play him that whole 17 games and you get to January or whatever and say or senior bowl like, hey, is Justin our guy? No, we think he's a scrub. All right, well, let's look at this Desmond Ritter kid. Oh, we like Justin's our guy. All right, cool. Then let's roll him out there. I just think that people undersell how much information you can learn once you give the guy the playbook in rookie camp and have him executed all the way through week 18, perhaps the playoffs. You learn a lot. It's a lot of information you can gather. Where you don't gather information is take is like taking, uh, let's say they take Ritter with like pick 41. And instead they use number nine on like Sauce Gardner, they grab Drew Locke and give me a veteran. Give me a veteran scrub quarterback. You know, let's just um, say they just bring back Geno, right? So, <laughs> so they bring back Geno. You got Drew Locke. You take um, Ritter at 40, at pick 40, and you let all three of them duke it out. And then let's say Ritter ends up being the odd man out because he's a rookie, and he just sits on the shelf, right, until 2023. Well, now you're like, all right, we stunk in 2023. We already know Gino wasn't the future. We knew Drew Locke wasn't the future. But now we have no idea really what we have in Desmond other than like some practices, right? No game reps, kind of where the Packers were with Jordan Love. So now when you come to the Senior Bowl in 2023, you're like, well, damn, do we take Bryce Young or whoever else is coming up in 2023? Just in this no man's land. And that would be myself for, and that's probably what John Snyder's thinking as well. Like, let's get a guy and let's see if he's the dude, because if he is the dude, then we got to do for the next 10 years, like they literally just had with Russ. If he's not, you ship his ass to somewhere else and you draft the next guy. That would be my pitch for taking a quarterback because you're already not going to win in 2022. Let's just scrap that. Unless you get somehow get Deshaun and he doesn't go to jail. You know, uh, unless that happens, you're almost guaranteed to be no better than third in your division. So if that's the case, I think it behooves you to use this time to get a rookie quarterback and see if he's a stud. Take a guy every year until you find a freaking stud. And if you do, you're set for you're set for uh however many years. That's my pitch on drafting a, on taking a rookie. Well, good luck with that. I, I hope that works out for the Seahawks because the original plan was to win now. That plan does not have the Seahawks it winning for the next for the, for the next two, three years based on what you just said. Hopefully they, they have something in the motions. I'm assuming they – well, not hopefully. I know they do. Or if they wouldn't have traded Russell Wilson, they wouldn't have cut Bobby Wagner. So I guess we could just discuss now why the trade package wasn't better. What was yeah, missing? Yeah, let's, let's get into that. What was missing? I know a lot of questions were like, so Seahawks couldn't get like Chubb in the deal. They Not even with Denver, but you know other teams as well, whether it be Washington or Philly. Yeah, I, I think so. This is an important thing. Here I am doing kind of doing some insidery reporting -y stuff again. Um, I think that so what what I've kind of gathered is that Washington and Philly, I can't I don't know if anybody else on top of my head, but I do know they, they what I've heard is that they made offers and that part of the reason that those offers didn't get entertained further was because Russ would not go there. Right? So I think that was a holdup. Uh, I think uh, I don't I heard that about Philly kind of this week, but I feel like I heard that about Washington last week that not only were the Seahawks like, eh, the offer's OK. Part of it was Russ won't even sign off on it, so we can't even give you a chance to make your offer better. Right? I think that th that's why 
ultimately the Denver did, and Denver probably knew this. If I knew this, Denver probably knew this. So they Denver knew, well, okay, if he's only gonna come here, we ain't gotta give you that much shit. Because he's gonna only gonna come here. Shoot, they probably was like, we just want to give you one first round pick. Because what else are you gonna do? And that's probably what John Snyder was like, no, 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 I can't do that. So I think that that's part of the issue is that by Russell, by Russ having that no trade clause, which is something John Snyder didn't want to give up, by the way, uh, in that in the contract, Seattle just leverage was just destroyed. Denver would be like, we don't have to give you Patrick Sertan. We don't have to give you Bradley Chubb. Chubb. We don't have to give you who else are the other good players? Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, which I mean, that probably wouldn't have done the Seahawks a ton of good to have just a bunch of receivers, but who knows? Um, better than having Drew Lock. Uh, who's the don't they got a good safety? What's the safety's name down there? He's good too. Um, Simmons, right? Justin Simmons, yes, yeah. 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 Like, we don't have to give you him, you just got some cash. or uh, we don't have to give you any of our linemen, which is like, I don't know how they didn't do that. You know why Denver? Well, actually, I do know the answer. I'm saying it because they had no leverage. So if you're wondering, like, why did why didn't we get this? Why didn't we get that? Mike, Chris, what's going on? Those are very good questions. The answer is they had no freaking leverage, right? Because they were basically Denver knew that they were basically bidding against themselves, right? And that was really that was awful, awful. I bet you Josh Snyder's so hot about that. Like giving Russ that no trade back in 2019, like, dude, probably called Jody, like, see what you did? This is your fault. Because, you know, Jody signed off on that. Probably, this is your fault. Without that, then maybe they could up the offer. With Only with uh, bidding against Denver, they were kind of screwed. And that's why you get this deal where they're getting back, you know, tight ends and defensive tackles while they're giving up a freaking quarterback, you know? My question would be, why didn't they just... Because you you mentioned earlier that Russell was going to come to training camp. He's going to come to OTAs. Why didn't the Seahawks just play that game of, screw it, we're just going to play this out and have you back in uniform. Yeah, I, I'm wondering about that. And that's why I think I opened with they wanted to. They wanted gotcha, to. There okay. were reasons for this to be done yeah. on there. And I think that the word hubris matters. I think them wanting to matters. And I think they're they're willing to own that. We'll hear from them on March 16th. At least people. Oh, they'll tell can't us. wait. <laughs> they'll tell us. Can't wait. But I think that's the short version of why the deal, you know, was not was not better. You know, I just think they weren't in a position to to make it better. I will say one more thing on, on, on the quarterbacks. There are some other options they could explore, but then you're just going to have to give it more assets. You know, like um, we got a question about – sorry, guys, we're not reading all the questions because you guys sent in 100 of them, and this <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the pod would have been too long. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, one of them was Gardner Minshew, uh, I think with the Eagles, former kook. Uh, I think that was from the homie Sam Demko that that sent in that that question. Shout out to the homie Sam. Just beat cancer recently. Shout out to the homie man. Very happy. Congrats on that, Sam. Someone I went to high school with. Uh, I would me and Chris are you know kooks. Minshew, that would be what's up. But the problem I've not the problem, but I think the Seahawks wouldn't wouldn't have taken Drew Locke on if they felt that that was a move they were going to make. I think the Seahawks are kind of talking themselves into luck as a or excuse me Locke. As of, I don't even know this dude's name. Right, uh, I screwed it up. I said Andrew. I, yeah, because it's Drew Locke, Andrew Luck. Like it's it's when you is when he still available? Can the can the Seahawks call up Andrew Locke or Andrew Luck and see if he wants to come play? They can call him all they want. That don't mean he'll answer. So uh, yeah, especially with I, that I offensive line, I feel it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I like I played in Indy, but you want me to play in behind 
behind and that's that. why and that's why I'm like, I don't do the Seahawks really want to go after Deshaun Watson. He's gonna look at the old line and be like, So is Dwayne Brown coming back? Like, what's really good with that left side? And what you guys got going on at center? Like he spent yeah. his years with the Houston Texans just getting destroyed. I think he didn't he get it wasn't him him and Russ like leading the league and getting sacked. Uh yeah, Russ and Deshaun both take a lot of sacks. Justin Fields is gonna be a guy like that too. I bet you he like leads the league in sack percentage again in 2022. That's just kind of it kind of hit this is it's a style of play thing oh yeah absolutely a lot, of, a lot of the sacks are on russ and deshaun just holding the ball and trying to do a lot but yeah not having a good old line also plays a big role in that too <laughs> uh oh yeah yeah i think well let's uh oh now we got to get to our boy yeah we got to get to the uh you know i i don't always say what's up to i'm gonna have back up here i don't have a relationship like you do with bobby but when i see him it's all love yeah, yeah and it's yeah. gonna be weird when I go to training camp. Hell, I'm trying to think. Do I even want to go to training camp? Like, <laughs> like I, I got decisions to make here, man. I got a lot of time to think. Like, what am I going to training camp for? Who am I going to go out there and see? I don't know what this roster is gonna look like. But the Seahawks, they released Bobby Wagner the same day they traded Russell Wilson, and Reported. a lot of questions. I'm, I'm told it's it's coming. It's okay. So let's let's be politically correct here. It? I can't really remember. I haven't heard it yet. I, I reached out to someone and I reached out to multiple people. Um, basically said, yeah, nothing yet. But with the conversations I had even before the rust deal or while, while we're discussing the rust deal, I think it, it became very clear that, yeah, Bobby's days were Bobby's numbered. days seemed kind of numbered when I was in Indianapolis, to be really honest. Um, when uh, I asked Schneider, I was like, hey, you think you're going to restructure Bobby or Russ's deal for some cash space? And Schneider was basically like, no. And then Greg Bell asked about like, what about void years? How that's how's that going? He's like, we don't really like those either. And I remember, I remember it was a little behind, not not super behind the curtain, but I remember walking back to the hotel with um, Bob Condota, the Times, and I was like, I was like, Bob, that didn't that didn't sound good for Bobby, did it? And he was like, uh, no, no, that sounded really bad. And I was like, okay, I'm not tripping then. That sounded like they're gonna cut Bobby. Like that's that sounded like that like right away. It because if you're not gonna if you're not gonna restructure his deal. That means you're going to ask him to take a pay cut. You know he's not going to do that. He's just going to want to change teams or choose his, choose his own fate. So now you cut him. Now maybe he comes back, but, you know, Bobby didn't already change his picture on Twitter. Oh, yeah, he, he's he, done. He didn't, he's not he didn't already back. tweeted that Sherm was a prophet. Man. Um, yeah, like, and, and I think what Bobby means by that is that if you guys remember when Sherm – man, this is so crazy. I can't believe they cut Bobby. Um, <laughs> I just can't. Like, he's just <laughs> – that just that's just dumb. That's, that's almost as dumb as cutting Russ or trading Russ for no, it's not yeah. almost, it is Mike. There was no reason to do this, none. Like, so even, if, even if there was, though, let me let me play the devil's advocate a little bit. If there was, so I hear you say, What more could Bobby do? Like, Bobby was a very good player in 2021, very, very, very good player. But if the Seahawks were even like, All right, he's not worth 20 million dollar cap hit in 2022, that's fine, you know, that that happens in the NFL when you, you restructure, right? You restructure the deal. You can do it with void years. So all you got to do is kick the can down the road if you're trying to win right now. Which yeah, is that, Isn't that the goal? <laughs> and then the other thing is that um, you get nothing. That's the thing. Zilch. They, they at least got a fifth-round pick in the receiver for Michael Bennett. They got nothing for Richard Sherman, Earl <laughs> Thomas, or Bobby Wagner. That's they bad. Let, they let Earl hit free agency. They cut Sherm, and now they're about to cut Bobby. That's malpractice right there. I don't care about none. Even if I loved all those guys to to my with the every blood vessel in my heart, forget all that. 
the point is to get assets. Like you, you lose Richard Sherman for nothing. Also, you could start like Byron Maxwell that year. He never even started. You let uh, Earl walk. I forget if they got a comp pick for that. I'm not sure. Maybe they did. Um, so maybe they did kind of get something there, but even then it was a year later. Um, you get nothing if you just cut Bobby. You know, I mean, I don't think that trading him for like a fifth round pick is the, the, the dopest thing ever, but it's better than literally nothing. getting nothing. Like that, that's where I have a problem with, uh, with, with, with that move. Like I, everyone knows their days a number. Like, I mean, if you're Bobby, you, Bobby's been doing a version of the, the Will Smith episode where he stands in the living room by himself. He's been doing that for years. He didn't watch, you know, Brandon Meebane go, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Cam Chancellor, Earl, uh, Sherm, Brandon Browner, Byron Maxwell, Jeremy Lane, most recently KJ Wright, Ken Norton. Like, Bobby's no dummy. He looking around like, all right, well, eventually I'm going to go. Now, he didn't want to go, but he, 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 you know, he can, he can read the room there. So, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, man, I just can't believe it. I just don't, I just don't understand the logic of getting nothing. Getting nothing for franchise icon, still a good player. Like that's my, a, that was my point earlier. Like he didn't do there. What more do you want the man to do? I hear a lot. Oh, he didn't have enough tackles for loss. He didn't have interceptions. It's like, bro, Bobby has never been the guy to get interceptions. He is a an elite linebacker that finds the ball and makes plays. That's all you ask. And then this past season, he was coaching guys during games because cats didn't know where they're supposed to be. Bobby was another assistant coach on the field, which technically that's his position as a linebacker, but he was doing more coaching than I've ever seen before this past season. He was out there, what are you doing? You're supposed to be here. Do this, do that. And in previous years, it was just a connection. They were all connected and they were all playing as one. Not so much this year, but the biggest point is it doesn't make sense to cut ties with someone like Bobby Wagner. There wasn't a a huge drop-off. There wasn't a, you know, after watching film, yeah, I don't see how the Seahawks should keep this guy. There's no yeah. reason they should. That's it, terrible. It was it was basically like they decided, hey, we're paying like a top three linebacker, which is what he was by average annual salary, which is he was about 18 million. I think uh, Fred Warner and uh, Darius Leonard had topped that. Uh, I think they're both at around 19. Like we're paying like a top three linebacker. And he might have had the higher cap hit out of all those guys in 2022. So basically your cap hit makes you the best linebacker and you're probably like more like a top 10 guy, which still to me, if you're, if the goal, here's the thing about that. If the goal is to win in 2022, I don't see it. If it's not, if you're just going full on rebuild, all right, then whatever you just, you got to dump people. Like I, I, I get that. Right. If the goal is to win in 2022, cutting Bobby doesn't make your team better. It doesn't. It does no scenario. It gets you 16 million in cap space, but as we have covered on this show extensively, what the hell has this team done to show that you, you give them 16 million dollars, they'll go make the team better? Like, do we have to pull up the we don't got time? We already over. We we doing we doing a lot. We're gonna keep talking, but uh here's an exercise for everybody. Go to spot track dot track s-p-o-t-r-a-c dot com and go to the free agents. And you can search by year they were acquired, filter Seahawks, start at 2013, and you can see free agents signed, and you can search every year. You're going to see a bunch of scrubs. And it wasn't because of lack of money. It was because of lack of a uh, willingness to spend. So if you give this team $16 million, what are you going to do with it now? And even then, 
who wants to come here now? Yeah, that was man, you hit That's it right the only on the thing head. We got questions about like if you Quandre Diggs, if you DJ Reed, why am I coming Brown, back? Why am I coming back for what? <laughs> you call you Quandre Diggs, and you and the Seahawks say, hey, you know, hey, what up, Q? Yo, are we ready? Let's talk. You're like, well, about what? <laughs> yeah, about what? What y'all doing up there? You know, you just traded Russ. Quandre's still cool with guys up here, you know, like Jamal's his dog, you know, Tyler, Tyler Lockett's his dog. Like he maybe have some reasons, but like no, that's you, not enough, Mike. If you if you if you DJ Reed is like, okay, hold on. What are we doing up there? You know, you Dwayne Brown, what are we doing up there? You Brandon Shell, you even Gerald Everett, you know, Will Disley. Will, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I know I know some of these guys may they just want to be Seahawks regardless, you know, maybe their first team that drafted them or acquired them or whatever. There's some sentimental value there. I'm not going to rule that out. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend like every guy was only here because of Russell uh, and Bobby. Some guys just have relationships that they value. They love the city or whatever. But by and large, goddamn, this place just got a lot less attractive. You know, if I'm if I'm a free agent, you know, if I'm just tied to Clint Hurt or Pete Carroll or I played for Shane Waldron before. Like you're basically just banking on coordinator and coach familiarity. That was the other thing about getting rid of Bobby is that it kind of signaled a rebuild. And you have mm-hmm. to wonder how many guys are on board for the rebuild, you know, whether you're trying, like how likely, like would a Quandre Diggs even wanted to be here via trade if if they were rebuilding? Would a Carlos no. Dunlap, you know, a Jadavian Clowney, would Dwayne have even came in the first place? You let's, know, like, let's go back to your Quandre Diggs. My man came from an environment where they weren't winning. So you think he wants to come to Seattle to continue not winning but get a bag? I think Quandre wanted to win and he saw that opportunity and he took it. And now it's kind of looking like, yeah, you guys are trying to rebuild again? Yeah, I might. I don't know if I'm going to be with that. And you gave up, Russ, and you cut our boy Bobby? Yeah, that's tough for me, man. I, I'm going to have to shake and find another team that's willing to pay me and have a chance to make the postseason, compete for a Super Bowl, because he's he saw what it's like to lose. Cliff Averill knows what it's like to lose, too, right? Cliff Averill was on a team that didn't win a game. <laughs> like, yeah, he was on that 0-16 um, team. 16 team. Yeah, guys want to win. They want to get paid. And they want to win. Quandre right now is at a point where he can get paid and get, get a chance to win. I don't foresee him saying, "I'll take the bag and stay with Seattle." If he does, kudos to Diggs. No, I, mean, I, I, I wanted to come back, but yeah, I, just, I think everyone does, Mike. I think everyone listening right now is like, "Oh, please, Diggs, don't don't be that guy. Don't leave." But look around. Like you you mentioned, Will Smith and the scene and fresh. Fresh Prince of Bella, he's looking around and the house is empty. Quandre Diggs is at that point right now. Bobby's gone. He faded away. Russ is fading away. He's looking around like, yo. <laughs> Jamal Adams is there probably thinking, like, damn, this this is this is where we're at with it. Like they traded for Jamal Adams and now everything is like crumbling right before him. Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely like we're man, I just remember being so hyped about um about the idea of like i think it was like shaquille griffin quentin dunbar <laughs> jamal and quandre they're like oh this is money that actually could have been a good secondary and boy it's just didn't want to pay Shaq. quentin dunbar couldn't stay on the field yeah that's the thing about the the front office that like i get the idea of like okay we can't just pay everybody right like like i mentioned earlier there is a there's a bit of arrogance or self-confidence hubris whatever you want to call it in in part of being an nfl gm because the lifespans of the players are so short 
that you have to be able to think that you can just reload on the fly, which is fine, but they haven't. Like that was the that's the that's my thing. It's like, all right, we don't need to sign resign Shaquille Griffin. We can get another guy. Can you didn't? Well, <laughs> well Trey Brown. Brown. Yeah. Um, At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best—it's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line—it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI—it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. But, but look, not- look at what they had to do prior to that, though. Akello Witherspoon didn't right. work out. Sidney Jones. Hey, I, we're we're waiting and to see. Didn't even get Sydney till like the end of the the end of the, end of the uh, preseason. So I mean, people get our point. If you've been following the Seahawks, you get the point. They yeah. try to replace these guys, and we can trade Frank Clark. We can get another elite pass rusher. No, you can't. Mm, no, you didn't can't. work out too well. Not going to draft one at least. Oh, we don't need to pay Earl Thomas. We can draft another free safety. No, you can't. Like, I understand moving on from players. That's part of the business. But if you can't consistently replenish, then why are we paying you? I think you and, said it perfectly. That's my if you, thing. If you don't have a plan moving forward without that player, eh, probably shouldn't do it. Right. And with that, Richard Sherman, the they didn't have a plan. They, they were like, you know, Richard, we appreciate what you did. We're just going to cut ties. What's your plan? We don't have one, but we'll figure it out. We know we can draft someone. And what did Richard Sherman say on his podcast? They haven't had a Pro Bowler since at corner. I think that sums it up. And sure, he only had Richard Sherman only had one more at, right after he left. Only one. But that one more is better than what the Seahawks had, have had. I think the Seahawks would love to have Richard Sherman that one more Pro Bowl a year versus not having him at all and playing this musical chairs at cornerback position and having to find someone that doesn't fit Pete's scheme, but Pete's willing to gamble with his own security and go out and grab a DJ Reed who played really well in the Seahawks defense last season. But now, as we just mentioned, looking around, DJ's like, so you're trying to do what now? Yeah, I don't know about that, man. I might hit you with the might be out of here. So I guess the next one is hold on. I wanna I wanna I wanna pick oh, it up real 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 quick. I think dang, I just lost my I just lost my my train of thought there. Um real quick. I think that the Seahawks are in more trouble than they realize with trying to replace some of these guys. I really, I really do, um, and I think I'm not the only one who was under that impression. There's obviously a there's a, there's a, there's a few ways to look at this, right? There's the positive glass half full thing, like Mike. We got picks. How many top 100 picks do they have in the next? Was two, it four drafts? Like ten? Now the top 100. So that's first, second, and most of the third. That's not yeah. So they have their, they have Denver's first this year. They got two. They got a top forty, and then they got pick forty-one, and then pick seventy-two. So that's four right there. And next year they have their own first. That's five. They have Denver's first. That's six. They have Denver's second. That's seven. They have their own second. That's eight. And they have their own third. Yeah, they have their own third, uh, which that's nine. Right. So that's nine top one hundred picks in the next two years right and you're like mike we got cap space especially after you cut bobby i think you go from like 30 something to uh like 40 
maybe almost 50 mil uh, in cap space. Uh, Mike, we got 50 mil in cap space. We got picks. Well, let's let's roll this out. And it's just like, okay, cool. I'll hear you on that. The flip side of that is we're kind of where I'm at. This, you need so many things to go right to rebuild. You need a lot of things, and I think that's really overlooked. Um, shout out to the homie, the homie DJ who covers the Jets uh, for the for the New York Daily News. He he tweeted this a few weeks ago. He was like, uh, "Everyone loves draft. Everyone loves draft picks until they become players." Mm. Right? Like that's the, uh, something to that effect, and he's right, right? Like everyone does love the idea of like a top ten pick until your top ten pick is like Josh Rosen. Then everyone hates the top 10 pick. Right? Everyone loves your having a quote-unquote first-round pick, right? As an asset, it's great until it's Jermaine Effetti, right? And then you're upset about having that. Like, so I think that if it was as simple as have money and draft picks, more teams would be have quicker rebuilds. That's It's not a guaranteed thing. It's actually very hard to rebuild. Right? Very, very, very hard. Go ask the Jets about having picks and money. Go ask the Jags. Go ask the Jaguars. Go ask the Bears. Go ask the uh, the Giants, even though they don't have any money right now. Like they have, they've had it in the past. Go ask the go ask the Browns. They've had money in picks for decades, and haven't been able to turn it around. It's, it's not guaranteed just because they oh we got these assets. You have to turn them into something. You have to turn them into something the minute you need to turn them into something too. That's the even trickier part. It's not just that the Seahawks have to. Re- it's not that the Seahawks rebuilding. They have to rebuild. They have to do it now. You have to use that top 10 pick on a guy and hit now. You have to use uh, you know, you have to use those top 40 picks on guys now. Like, or else if, if you're the front office, or else everyone's getting fired. No one makes it to Valentine's Day next year if they whiff <laughs> on these picks. They don't even make it to the senior bowl next year. So put it in, to put it in terms, are Pete and John's jobs are gonna are they gonna be safe the next year? I think the only way they buy themselves time is with the rookie quarterback. That's another part about taking a rookie. If they if they hitch their wagon to someone who's already not proven, like if you dump Russ and you go get Marcus Mariota and you don't make the playoffs while Russ is out there smoking it up in the Mile High City, then you're going to get fired. You can't miss the playoffs twice in a row. They can't. They can't around here. I don't care if it's trading Russ, cutting Bobby. For Jody to greenlight all that, she has to bank on them being successful, right? Again, there could be more moves. You know, you can make a move. There for better be. Something like that. But right now, um, like, you, it's just so hard to imagine these guys. And I don't know the type of leash that Jody would give them. But it's just so, it's just so hard to imagine that if this doesn't work. Like, if they're 6-11 and 11 next year, and, yeah, they, they started some combination of Drew Locke, Malik Willis, and maybe even Geno – in like, oh look, we went six and eleven, but we, you know, we couldn't figure out the quarterback thing. Well, it's like we, you can't. These guys can't use the quarterback thing as an excuse because they got rid of the quarterback. I think that's where it's different than like Dan Campbell inheriting kind of Jared Goff, so to speak, or um, you know, who who got there when the quarterback was kind of crappy. There's been quarter. There's been coaches who get there, and it's and it's hell, right? Like the, the, that that's hap- that happens quite a bit. But it's their job to then find a new guy and turn things. I mean, Robert Sala, there's a good example. He got there. Well, then Zach Wilson got hurt and stunk, right? That's not entirely his fault, so he buys some time. These guys, you got rid of the dude that was already good. 
elite. So no, I don't expect you to, you to be very safe if you can't turn this thing around very quickly. The reason why Bobby, oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. The reason why Bobby tweeted that he said Sherm was a prophet is because Sherm said these guys lost their way four years ago. And all mm. I've been hearing from from people around the uh, who were on those who were on those teams or around those teams, whether they covered them, they coached them, or they played for those teams, the, the, those 2012 to about 2016 Seahawks, uh, or even a little further. All I've been hearing for like the past, I want to say like year and a half, maybe two years, is that Sherm was right. That's why I've, 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 I, if you, you know how you can search things in your text messages, if you go on my phone and you you searched uh, Sherm was right, it pops up from like eight different people, right? and it's mm. not just me just pitching it and saying, "Hey, do you think Sherm was right?" It's people actively saying it, right? Like because he said they lost their way and they proceeded to lose their way. Now they won some games along the way because they were putting band aids on bullet wounds. You know, and masking some issues with trades. But ultimately, <laughs> they were misguided. You know, like for I, I, uh, I sent, uh, I sent. This is a, this is a I guess he's current. Uh, someone current in the organization. I sent them the screenshot of uh, a Schefter's tweet that the trade for Russ went through, and all he did was love the image. And didn't even, <laughs> didn't even respond. Just loved the image, right? Like you know why? Because some people are like, yeah, that organization is just—it's like it's—they're not moving right. Like some people in that building are not feeling what's going on. So uh, it's that's why that's what I was going to say earlier was the the reason that Bobby said that because he's not the only, he's not the only person to say that. He's not the only person to say that Sherm saw this coming, right? You know, uh, and it's not even always people that like Sherm. Some people who don't even like to do like, yeah, no, he is right. You know, he did. He did have a point. Like these guys, they're in trouble, man. I don't think anybody's job is is saving. We might get traded. You know, <laughs> we might try to get us up out of here. You know, as, as much as as much moving and shaking is going on, man. I just I just don't see a quick way for this to change. It can change, but like it's really hard to rebuild on the fly like this. And this organization, to me, has not given the benefit has not been awarded the benefit of the doubt. I think they're just going to turn it on the minute they need to. Well, the last one that we got a few questions about is the quarterback situation, but a thing that Pete always talks about, and that's always competing. So how does this new team with whatever they're going to have, because right now we don't know who's going to be the quarterback, how the hell are they going to compete with what they got? What's the, how would this, how are you going to run this team? <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of like everyone's kind of also wondering, yeah, what now? What happens now? <laughs> Guys, I, man, I don't know. <laughs> no, I do know. Um, oh, you okay? I, I'm over here. Unless like, they get Deshaun, unless they get him, and I think that I keep throwing that out there as if it's like a very simple process. It'd be very. There's a lot to unpack there with what's going on with Deshaun, but I'm just going to talk about the football aspect of it and assume he can play. Um, it just makes it simpler for the terms of this discussion. Uh, I think that unless they get him, no one survives this. No, I really don't think so. I know I, I, everyone, though. I could see like Jody selling the team a few years from now, also selling the Portland Trailblazers, too. Uh, I could see that. I could see Pete getting booted, John getting booted, whole scouting department, coaching staff, whole revamp. I'm, I'm serious because this is the type of thing. How many people survive coming in with no franchise quarterback, getting a franchise quarterback? Trading the trading quarterback and then surviving through the rebuild. Hell no. Hell, hell no. 
No one survives that. I just think that they're 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 really. I I really just uh, for their sake. I hope not for their sake because I'm just I don't want to make that seem like a threat. But like people <laughs> have already been like giving showing me love for like man Mike, you kind of been on this the whole time, and it's just like yeah, and I'm gonna be on their ass some more if they trade Russ only to stink. You know, like that just doesn't. That don't make no sense. You can't always compete. You can't do that. You can't say we want our fan base to feel like we always have a shot. What? Who are you putting on the the season tickets? Who's on the book? Who are you? <laughs> and you got rid of your defensive guy and Bobby, and you got rid of your franchise quarterback. So yeah, who who are you going? Who you, the DK is going to be your best bet at this point? And he's, yeah. I'm, I'm sure DK is like, man, give me to the Rams ASAP. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know if he's like that. No, I haven't heard anything like that though. I will, I will say that um, it is, it is interesting. It does feel like no one's safe now. Not DK, not Tyler, Tyler yeah. Paul, Gabe Jackson, Carlos, Chris, Rashad, Damian Lewis. You know, it just doesn't feel like anyone's safe now. You know, uh, Jordan Brooks, Puna Ford, Daryl Taylor. It doesn't feel like anybody's safe at, at this point. Like, yeah, who, who, who? When you send that season, renew your Seahawks season tickets 2022. Who's on the PDF? Is it DK? Is it Tyler? Is it Jordan? Who's throwing them the ball? You know, it's just, it's it's a really hard sell for me. And I'm sure that other people are probably yelling into their phone or their car, like, Mike, I could sell it right now. It's like, okay, God bless. (laughs) I got, God bless. Like, you can try, but I feel like you're just, you're, you're casting way too much benefit of the doubt when it's not warranted the only thing i what do we trust pete with i kind of trust pete with defense defense for the most part like i i expect him to make defensive adjustments to get it done he's done that actually the last two years which is a credit to his ability to adjust on the fly what else do we trust him with motivating guys motivating guys for sure rah rah guy yep yeah making making guys feel believe in themselves and get the get a get the best version of themselves out of guys that's that's something I also trust Pete with. I'm running out of stuff here, Chris. Help me out. I'm over here. I'm done after you said the raw raw stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. That's the thing. What what else is what else is there left for me to believe in? And we talked about that when we had Ben Baller. Shout out to Ben Baller of the uh, uh, Ben Baller podcast. Uh, we, we talked about that with him week seven. That we were saying we don't after really the believe. Saints in got him. <laughs> Yeah, after the Saints got in there, you know, and and, and Jameis handed them an L, scoring thirteen points. Uh, so this is this is where the and this is probably the last thing we'll say. And we're going to talk about this topic. I feel like a gazillion times all offseason. Now it's the main yep. it's the main storyline. But I feel like the the Seahawks have a job to do here. They can either lie to us or live up to their word. And I, the words I'm trying to hold them to are John Snyder's saying that they want to always, they want to always make it feel like they can win a championship. Cause Pete oh. feels that way too. He just didn't say it directly at the combine. They he better get to Sean. So if you feel that way, then do, then, then make the necessary moves. If you're yeah. backtracking on that, then tell us, tell us, Hey, we are, this is a rebuild. If they try to sell it as anything other than a rebuild, Everyone's getting fired sooner than I thought. And I don't want that. I don't want everybody to just get the boot. Just like uh, I, I tweeted that I wouldn't be surprised if Bobby ends up in the NFC West, just like Sherm did. I don't necessarily want that. No, I'm not stupid. I can tell. I can see what's going on. Guys want to stick it to the team that cut them. You guys haven't – Seahawks fans haven't figured that out from all the players that they've 
acquired from other teams that want to go off against their other squad. You know, like even whether it's Byron Maxwell with the Eagles, to DJ Reed with the Niners, to Jamal with the Jets, to Quandre versus the, the Lions, like to Sherm signing with the, the Niners, like guys, that matters to guys. Oh, I can play this, the team that didn't believe in me two times a year? Well, bet. Sign me up. I'm just kind of projecting because that's what I've seen over the years. So the Seahawks have a job to do. Either you're going you're gonna to live up to the words that say you won't, you're going to have a team that competes every year, or you're going to tell the truth and say that this is a rebuild. Expect us to suck in 2022 so we can get uh, Bryce Young or whoever. Between, I don't know. I definitely don't know quarterbacks going a year in advance. So there's, there's two paths there. And this by by trading Russell, or at least agreeing to terms to trade Russell, because who knows what could happen with these physicals, uh, and by basically letting Bobby know that his his days are numbered, whether via trade or cut, whatever it is, uh, by doing that, they bet so much. Pete and John uh, and Russ helped them do this. They bet so much on themselves, and boy, that's that is one hell of a gamble. That is one hell of a gamble, and there is, it is more as I'm an odds guy. I, I I'm a I hashtag never gamble, but I check the lines and the spreads <laughs> on it. damn near every game I ever see on TV. It is there's some the odds are in favor of this going very poorly. It are strap in, folks, because I think uh, the next few I think the next twelve months of Seahawks football might be some of the diciest shit we've seen in in quite some time. Might be time for me to have my first drink, Mike. What do you say? No, 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 no. This, this. Whatever, whatever you drink, because for those who listen to the podcast for the first time, Chris has never drank alcohol before, like ever. So the first thing you have, you're gonna hate. It's gonna be so nasty to you. Like, I don't, I don't wish that on you. I don't wish that on. Well, you. what we're going through is just as nasty, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is, this is uh, nasty. D, uh, DJ text me. He said, "You about to learn what it's like to cover the Jets." I said, "No." No, I don't want that. Don't all the time that. you done teased all the times you done teased Jordan about going, you know, with the Panthers and they had a rough few years. She gets to the Rams and it's a little shaky with Jared Goff. She ends up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, we can't have Jordan on the pod this year, man. Hey Jordan, we, we can't have you on. <laughs> Jordan Jordan Rock Reed, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I, I've I've always been appreciative of covering Russell. I've told people that Russ is the moneymaker around here. Like I'd never wanted to see him leave because selfishly it's just good for my job. Um, although, I mean, I'm about to do a bunch of radio and TV hits all week now because they traded him, but that only lasts this week. Anybody <laughs> can call me next week. So, <laughs> so they, they, there goes the moneymaker just left. You know, I feel like people who's covering the Warriors when KD just bounced, I'm like, well, damn, there go the money. <laughs> the, the money just left. It's like everybody in Tampa right now is like, ah, oh, damn, Brady gone. Shoot, what are we gonna do now? That's kind of where I'm, where I'm looking around at uh, uh, right now. Uh, but I mean, we're gonna cover every angle of this. I really do think the next part we should do. We don't got time right now, I don't think. But I think the next one we should do. We should talk about. Maybe I'll write a story on it first. Is Russ's legacy in Seattle? Mm. Because the the last few years have kind of opened my eyes to it being a lot more complicated than people think. And I think a lot of people in Seattle who maybe listen to us, subscribe to The Athletic, or read Field Goals, or Seattle Times, whatever, um, they have a good feel, but I feel like the masses don't realize how complex it is. Like, Russ might get a statue outside of Lumen Field or whatever, but I don't know how many guys are going to show up to that statue unveiling 
Mm. That he actually played with, you know, like it's 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 a really complicated. And there's there's multiple reasons for that. It's not just hate or angst or jealousy. This this it's layered, and I want to get into those layers. And I can't we can't do that on this pod because you eventually got to edit this, and we both got to go to sleep. Uh, but <laughs> man, it's it's a lot, Chris. We are in for yeah. one. We're gonna have to study quarterbacks now. Get your money. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm- you some real estate. Something that uh, I wasn't planning on doing this offseason. I was thinking offensive line, you know, center for the most part. Now it's like, I got to look at everything, man. Nothing's off the yep. limit. Nothing's off the table. Nope. Receivers. <laughs> and women receivers. Running backs. Yeah, offensive running, tackles. I mean, linebackers. They need it all now. So. Safety. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is cool, man. Marquise yeah, Blake, yeah, help you, man. Buck, 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 buckle up, man. Buckle up, y'all. It's going to be one hell of a ride in 2022 when you know it until then uh we appreciate you guys for tapping in yes the seahawks man-to-man podcast the 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 emergency russell wilson seahawks divorce episode we appreciate you guys make sure you subscribe on youtube we appreciate the love um we appreciate the support we, pre- we see all the messages the dms the tweets we see it all the instagram love whatever youtube love we see it we appreciate it we appreciate all the questions we appreciate all the feedback Everything, everything, everything you do. We would not be doing this show if you guys wasn't rocking with us. Um, stay tuned all off season because we're gonna be busy as hell now. Yeah. Ooh, <sighs> thank you, uh, Russell, Pete, John. Thank, thank y'all. Uh, we're gonna be very busy um, until then. Make sure you follow us both on Twitter. You guys wanna follow Chris? You guys know where to follow me. Um, appreciate the love. And we'll be back uh, next episode. Hopefully, I don't trade nobody. That's the hope, man. We'll catch you guys later. We out. Come down. Always tripping.